Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Welcome to the Arkansas AgCast for April 1st. I'm your host, Rob Anderson. On this week's edition, we hear about progress and obstacles to early planting in the state, and we get a new update on agriculture-focused initiatives at the state legislature. First, the 2021 spring planting season is starting off very much like the past three years, wet. While there have been a few dry windows for farmers to start planting their soybean, rice, and corn crops, weekly rain events and cool temperatures are again slowing progress. Ken Moore spoke with University of Arkansas System Extension rice agronomist Dr. Jared Hartke this week, and he provided an outlook for Arkansas's major crops. Welcome to AgCast. I'm Ken Moore, and this week I'm talking with Dr. Jared Hartke. Jared is the Extension rice agronomist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture, and we have uh, traditionally spoken with Jared and the other agronomists uh, for uh, the Division of Agriculture as we enter the spring planting season. And uh, so, Jared, uh, welcome to AgCast. And can you believe it's already been a year since we uh, connected last and we were just kind of stuck at home because we were working from home with the outbreak of COVID last year? Yeah, thanks for having me on again. It's uh seems like it's been a really long year and a really short one all the same kind of strange it was a strange year in 2020 to be sure and we're still just kind of dealing with the effects of the pandemic but thankfully hopefully as people are vaccinated and the uh, pandemic kind of you know begins to fade away a little bit hopefully things can return to normal somewhat but uh, we're here to talk about the planting uh the spring planting situation and uh, how 2021 so far differs from the past three years, really, because uh, as you know, and we'll talk about, our crop farmers have had to deal with unusually wet weather the past three years that's delayed planting. So how does uh, so 2021 compare with that so far? Well, I think the overall consensus is we, we are continuing to be slowed once again with what we'll just call it persistent rainfall events. Uh, throughout the beginning of, of 2021, you know, the really it seems like since the the fall of 2018, uh, it really just seems like we've been in this wet, rainy weather pattern uh, mostly throughout. We we've had some some small reprieves here and there uh, along the way, but but definitely 2019 and 2020 were extremely slow in terms of planning progress. 2018 wasn't certainly uh, the fastest ever. It was kind of a middle of the road planting season that year, but but again, it's been very slow ever since. But really, in in the spring of 2019 and 2020, we were getting no windows of any kind throughout January, February, and March to make any sort of progress at all toward ground preparation, uh, even getting ready to plant. 2021 is probably overall has has shaped up very similar so far. However, uh, again, of course, bearing in mind some of the extreme weather that we experienced in February uh, with with the snowfall and and record cold events and those things, we we have called a a couple of, we'll, we'll say, very small windows to do a few things in terms of field preparation, uh, getting some fields ready 
again, no no longer or persistent run, but but there's a little more ground that's prepared right now, or at least partially prepared, at least further down the road uh, than what we were able to do in 19 or 20. And there there were some some more fortunate pockets already in the state over the last 10 days or so, or even slightly slightly further back than that, that, that were able to actually get some corn planted, a few soybeans, and even a little bit of rice roughly a week ago that, you know, we just weren't doing the past two years. So that already is at least a, it's a small sign, but, a, but a, you know, a positive sign to have a little progress there. But, uh, again, you know, scattered rainfall uh, over this, this past weekend with, with more forecasts to hit now. And we're, we're of course, crossing our fingers just as we did the past couple of years that we're going to step into April and start to see some of that clear off a little bit. Obviously, we, we typically think of April um, being full of, of scattered regular rainfall anyway. But at some point, though, again, we've been saying this for two years, at some point the faucet does have to turn off and and give us a window. It, it's really been... Uh, you know, a lot later the past couple of years. I, I do remember last year, you know, we did catch a, a couple of windows right about now or the very first few days of April again to do some isolated field preparation and planting. But again, the majority really went in the very end of April and beyond uh, for the past couple of years at the earliest with a lot of rice in particular being planted in the month of May, the past two years, and even well on into June trying to get that finished up. So we're while while we did end up with very, very good end results in terms of rice yields the past two years, despite the, the later plantings, a lot of that did have to do with uh, with the mild conditions continuing on into and throughout the summer that, that were really ideal for, for crop growth and development and helped us out on the back end, though we were not uh, doing things as early as we typically want or need to do to to maximize yields most of the time so we're certainly hoping that if it's going to be another mild year with with some delays in planting uh, at least beyond what we would prefer that it does go ahead and stay relatively mild throughout the rest of the year because if we shift years we go from a late planting and then shift into a really hot summer that that can be a, a pretty bad recipe and, and put the crop through some extreme heat during key developmental stages that can kind of hurt us on the back end. So, again, a lot of hoping going on uh, at this point that we're going to look up and catch a break, but certainly it's supposed to, to have an upcoming cool down, and I'm hoping that helps to drive some of the moisture out of here and, and get us off and running. Great assessment there. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, I was uh, reading on the National Weather Service uh, this morning just that uh, – you don't have to go too far to the west of Arkansas, even in portions of western Oklahoma, Texas, and then all the way to the Pacific Coast, where they're experiencing severe, I should say, uh, moderate to exceptional drought conditions. Uh, and it's, it's just, I was stunned to, to read that, and especially in the desert southwest, all the way up through the upper Midwest. I saw where they're having wildfires in South Dakota right now, which is kind of unusual and so yet that's, that's then here right. in the mid south we're getting regular rainfall still. Yeah, they're actually as you said, you know, not very far to the west and and 
not even just due west, but even to the west and to the north up into the Dakotas. I mean, they're 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 planting uh, that you know their crops and starting to move things forward, and they're commenting, you know, we they're they're planting and wondering if there's enough moisture and hoping they get a rainfall uh, to to drive things forward as they they begin to plant and move on because they have the conditions to do it. So yeah, we don't have to go far. I, I don't think the the overall pattern has to shift very far on it uh to open up a window we just need something to happen to to push this uh this i don't know what you want to call it what's sitting on top of us driving all the rain to us but we just need to be pushed off by just a little bit and and we'll be off and running well we just need a high pressure system to come in and plant itself for a few weeks i think and block the gulf of mexico the gulf moisture and that'll help dry things up i was down in bradley county just two weeks ago after the snow had melted and, uh, you know, it had been, uh, the snow melt was gone, but that kept them delayed for several weeks and in getting into the fields. And, uh, they were two weeks behind schedule. And, uh, this was on a tomato farm of one of our produce, uh, farmers down there in Bradley County. And they were two weeks behind schedule and getting their black plastic out so they could transplant their tomato crop. And, uh, but it was bone dry then. Now it's turned off a little bit wet since then, but, uh, you know, it looks like we're going to have at least some of these, uh, systems come through weekly that, uh, you know, you'll have two or three days of dry weather. Then here comes another, uh, moderately wet system. Yeah, that's, that's been a lot of the story for us over the past month is they're, they're spaced out just enough that right about the time we're getting dry enough to make any headway. Uh, that, that we're getting that next rain that, that really shuts it down. So you know, catching some fields and areas that maybe got a little lighter rainfall event, you know, might get a little field work done for a day or two before that next one hits. And every and the majority still never do get dry enough to to do anything. So we're getting very close each time. So it it just goes down to the usual rule this time of year going back uh that the, the old timers would comment you know at some point you're going to miss one so be sitting there ready to go having your equipment and everything prepared in a plan and be prepared to change that plan based on what what fields get ready and which ones aren't to to hop around and get what you can when you do miss that one rainfall I mean, you might not miss another one for a while so we've got to take off running when we get those and and that really explains uh, the guys that have made progress so far that that have done that, that have jumped around and taken advantage when they kind of you know missed one or, or at least got we'll say a lighter amount. So you know one anecdote thrown out by by some of the guys in the southeast, they're like, well, you know we were supposed to get more rain, but you know further to the north, you know guys got you know two inches, we got two tenths, so we got to run for two or three days before mm-hmm. the next rain. Mm-hmm. showed up yeah. and, and not far to the north of us you know they never even thought about being able to to work any ground so um like i said that'll happen for for other areas of the state as well to, to get a lighter amount or just miss one and, and get a chance to, to get out there and we're just sitting there hoping for it uh 20 2019 uh like i said it was you know it was kind of categorized by more large rainfall events uh, spaced out a little bit more than the latest. So, you know, when we did get a run, we would get several days when it would dry. And then in 2020, it seemed like we weren't getting as big a rainfall amounts. They were just 
that much more frequent, small amount. So we're only getting like two days <laughs> of, of field work done at a time uh, in drying events. And certainly this year, we're certainly still very early. It's still still not quite April, uh, but but we're certainly hoping to, to get just some more space in these events and, and get several days strung together in a row of field work and, and we can turn everything around in a hurry should that happen. Let's talk about uh, grain prices. Uh, since you and I spoke last spring, uh, we've seen a significant uptick in uh, prices for our growers. Now, that's good news on one hand, but then coinciding with that is uh, our higher input costs, uh, energy costs, if you will, fertilizer, the other implements uh, or inputs, I should say, that uh, are kind of tracking right along with the uh, better grain prices. So how are those higher prices affecting planted acreage? You think this year? We let's talk about uh, our rice crop in particular, uh, since that's your specialty. Uh, we're going to see any significant movement on rice acres this year. Well, absolutely. It, it's it's been fairly commonplace over about the past ten years that that the odd numbered years are our lower rice acre years, and some of that certainly has to do with just crop rotation. As one one example, one player in that, but it but it has frequently seemed like the the weather patterns are driving it as well. And again, when we're able to plant what, but again, yes, commodity prices playing in there. So the expectation on rice is a minimum of a ten percent reduction in in acres for us in the state. So we were at a little over one point four million acres last year. You can pretty easily say we're going to drop to at least one point three million acres this year. And the the ending acreage for me, kind of, kind of one of the wider ranges possible right now, at least in in recent memory, trying to predict that anywhere between one point one and one point three million acres of rice is all entirely possible for twenty twenty one. While soybean and corn prices have definitely driven way up to be much more competitive with rice, here immediately of late, rice prices have continued to get more competitive, uh, kind of indicating that they're staking a claim to to compete, to, to stay on acres. So obviously individual operations having to look at those numbers pretty hard right now for what a rice price and again obviously individual operations yields on the competing commodities are going to play a major role in that as well but uh, you know the expectation is that nationwide you know corn and soybean acres are are going to intend to be very high and and with those prices being up there it's it's easy to say you know you're you're going to plant more corn or soybean and, and less rice but with rice prices again getting suddenly more and more competitive I think they're they're going to hold on to maybe a little bit more acres than we think, and it always typically with rice does go back to if you catch a warm, dry April that we can get off and running. Typically, those rice drills keep rolling until they're stopped, and and they'll end up with with more rice in the ground uh, than they maybe originally intended. But if it does stay with the continued wet on and off april and we don't make huge progress it's going to make it very easy to say well we're going to continue with the idea of uh, dropping some of our rice acres and and planting more uh more soybeans in particular and you know possibly you know the corn's already kind of going to be there or not 
So it'll be the soybeans being the probably the largest swap out in there. But April's really going to tell the story on that. But uh, certainly a positive sign for, for growers to have, at least for our major competing crops, rice, soybean, corn, uh, at least, you know, obviously cotton's looking pretty pretty good too. Same with grain sorghum, but, but for our main three, they're all very competitive in price right now. So I'm happy to see you guys have a lot of options that yes. they can make money this year. But mm-hmm. as you mentioned, the input prices are certainly rising, have been rising all throughout uh, the, the early part of 2021. So that's in play as well when you start talking particularly about something like the price of urea. It's, it's going to further cause problems with, with corn and rice input. We're not putting urea on soybeans, so that, that part of it is not something that, that's going to hit soybean as hard. And, and that may, again, help to lean more that direction uh, and, and away from rice a little bit. But, again, with rice trading up toward $13 a hundredweight, suddenly it's, it's a lot more in the picture now than it was not long ago uh, with soybeans trading north of $12. So still a lot to be written there. Uh, many are not going to make, uh, since a lot of those input costs have, for the most part, affect most of the crops we're talking about. Yes, to, to slightly different degrees, of course, but, but really hitting them all, it shouldn't be the, the single biggest driver in those cropping decisions. The weather's going to play a huge role, and then, of course, just the, the price and your yield expectation. So still a lot to be written in the next month uh, about how that's going to play out, depending on what chances the weather gives us to get in the work done. No question. No question at all. And I know the last couple of years, as you've referenced up, uh, because of the extremely wet weather, you get the crop in, you get the seed in the ground, and then the especially for corn growers, they have to replant. Uh, and that happened in 2019. I think it even happened again last year uh, some. And, and with these higher input costs, wouldn't that just increase their cost of production? We don't need to see the crop having to be replanted again. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. We, You know, the, the replant, anymore a lot of the time the, the the biggest cost in the replant is the additional trip across the field the plant again um you know you, you, there's a little less emphasis on the seed cost anymore for for various programs hmm. that are out there okay for for what guys are buying again that that's company by company you know where you get your your seed and things about what what scenario that's in but but the trip across the field and quite frankly one that that always works mentioning is the lost time that's it yeah right there the further we plant the higher the yield and so not just trip across the field but planting again uh is all you know by the time you make a replant decision it's at least weeks after you planted originally and then you've obviously now delayed harvest potentially into worse fall weather mm-hmm. to, to get out so that that's the drag yes we're we're hoping to get conducive early weather to to give us great stands to start with and stay away from having to replant anything. And let's just wrap this up, Jared, by talking about, again, for the benefit of our listeners who, again, are not familiar with uh, the production techniques that our growers have at their disposal. I mean, despite the challenges of getting the crop in the ground, uh, we do hope uh, and pray for favorable growing conditions in the summer. As you already have spoken about, we don't need to turn off hot and dry because we really haven't had extremely hot weather uh, the last several years in the summer months. It's kind of been moderating 
downward somewhat, and that's good. But the ability to get optimum yield, uh, despite uh, the challenges they have of getting it in the ground, it, it seems like our yields continually. I mean, I read where soybean growers, despite the fact that it took so long to get the crop in the ground, uh, that we still had several in that uh, grow for the green challenge and others, that average yield is going upward. And uh, I think that's true for rice and corn as well. They're just, they're doing an amazing job. Yeah, we're, we're doing an amazing job getting those excellent fans and you know, to, to start once we're getting them in the field. Conditions have been very good for, for growth of all of them the past few years, again, with being a little more mild and getting away from some of the extreme heat that when you talk about corn and soybean, irrigation timing being so critical, well, when it's super hot and dry, it's very difficult to be timely and, and not miss or miss time irrigation events, even on rice that, that the majority of acres obviously are flooded. But again, managing those floods and irrigation and, and keeping the rice with adequate water, again, way more difficult in hot, dry years and, and keeping everything stabilized. So the kind of the smoother the summer is, uh, and a little more mild, uh, it's, it's really uh, been a lot better for us across the board. It was really going back to 2018, uh, really the May through July was, you know, not, we won't say excessively hot, but it, I think it was a record more May. It basically felt like July from May 1 all the way to August. It pretty much felt like July in the in the low 90s throughout the whole summer, pretty pretty warm. Uh, but again, everything was uh, a little smoothed out. Nothing got really extreme that year. It was just kind of one long, pretty warm summer. But again, since then, it's just been really mild, and and yields across the board have been been very good. But it's it's certainly been a different way of getting there every year. 2019 yield averages were overall pretty good, but a lot of the late planted rice we did not have high hopes for because of how late it was planted and that we wouldn't get enough heat to finish it out. So there was, you know, there was rice out there. We were concerned if it would end up making anything if we followed normal temperature declines. Well, suddenly we got a a record. We called it late summer that year. Uh, We got into September all the way into mid-October that we ran in the 90s. It was a late summer, and it made a lot of late crop. And it wasn't just rice, of course, in that scenario, but it, it made a lot of late crop that, that kept the yields up. And then in in this past year, it, it stayed so so mild and, and moderated throughout uh, with a little better temperature. And, and, again, planting a little earlier than we did in 19 uh, with the crop that, that 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 one, again, turned out really well. But there was a lot, of vari- a lot more variability to 2020 with the early plantings not doing as well as they typically do, the little bit that we did plant early, and some fertility and disease issues related to all the rainfall, there were some very high yields and some very low yields, even on the same grower in side-by-side fields that had had big differences in planting date. But the average worked out great. (laughs) So they ended up with still the average they wanted. They just got there the hard way. So, uh, again, every year is its own little... Uh, its own little season, and uh, I, however many years, uh, uh, my, my great grandfather grew rice for about thirty years, and he said he learned thirty different ways to grow rice. Wow, that's that's an anecdote that I continue to use, and every year that goes by, it remains true. We we learn how to grow rice a different way every single year. 
based on what weather we're given, and I expect that's going to be true in 21 again. Well, Jared, thank you for all the work you do on behalf of our uh, rice growers and uh, crop farmers, uh, you and your colleagues there with the Division of Agriculture. I think, uh, you know, the farmers are having to adapt to technology, but there's better and better uh, varieties that are being developed, if you will, maybe some that are more heat-resistant, uh, drought-resistant, uh, and they just, you know, are able to get good results because of all the research being done. And uh, that's to your credit and those of your colleagues, as I say, uh, within the, uh, at the Rice Research Station there in Stuttgart, uh, working so hard behind the scenes to help our farmers be as successful as they are. Listen, been good visiting with you today, Jared. uh, And let us keep our fingers crossed that we have uh, better conditions in the month of April as we turn the corner into the new month and uh, we can get this crop in the ground. Yep, thanks very much for having me, Ken. All right, been speaking with Dr. Jared Hardkey, Extension Rice Agronomist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture, on this edition of Arkansas AgCast. Next, Keith Sutton once again talks policy issues and bills making their way through the state legislature with Farm Bureau State Affairs Director Jeff Pitchford. Welcome to AgCast. I'm Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau. Today I'm talking again with our friend Jeff Pitchford, who is Director of Public Affairs and Government Relations. And Jeff, uh, we've been trying to keep everybody updated weekly on the many, many things going down at our state capitol. And uh, we got some more things to share this week as well. Absolutely, Keith. Thanks for having me on. Uh, some, some big news uh, that came out last week. And uh, I know it was spring break week for a lot of folks, including the legislature. They took a couple of days off there. But uh, at the very end, they announced that they are uh, extending uh, the current working session. They had a deadline of April the 9th, and they have extended that to April the 30th. Now, the legislators are saying they don't want to go that long. They think they can wrap it up before then, uh, but they are giving themselves a little bit more time and April 30th is a date that they would go into recess. They also announced that instead of adjourning, uh, they will go into recess. Uh, the With the federal stimulus dollars that are coming down from the package that was approved in Washington a few weeks ago, uh, that the rules haven't been written yet as far as how that money is to be spent and, and all the ramifications about that. So they want to give themselves the opportunity to be able to come back uh, within 30 days or 45 days or so when those rules are approved and then come back and be able to um, oversee and uh, look at that and what that affects Arkansas. And so uh, they actually won't be adjourning. They'll just go into a recess and uh, and handle that at the time when that happens. And also uh, the census data will not be available to them while they're in session here in the spring. Uh the legislature's in charge of setting up the congressional districts and after the census, and so that's this year. Uh, That data is not going to come from Washington until in September. Usually it's here in the spring, and so the legislature has to come back for that as well to uh, use that data and draw up up the congressional lines, and so that's going to happen in September. And so, again, they're just not going to actually officially adjourn but they're going to go into a, a long recess and come back 
uh, over the next few months and handle those two big issues. And so that's kind of a different twist uh, that we uh, weren't, uh, weren't weren't thinking of. And so here we are. Uh, but uh, it looks like uh, the game's going to go into overtime a little bit, Keith. We're gonna we're gonna be down there for an, for another month. Well, there's plenty to be done. We know that, and uh, you have some comments on some of the things that are happening right now. Absolutely, we've had a successful session so far for Arkansas Farm Bureau and our priority list set by our state board and our members. And um, so we've got a few things left there. Uh, just an update last week, the state meat inspection program that we uh, have been pushing all and talking about all session long, that has become an act. And so that's Act 419. We appreciate everybody's help on that. Uh, that's now official. Again, we're still uh, focusing on getting that funded through the Arkansas Department of Agriculture. And so we're still going to be pushing for full funding of the $750,000 that we need there. So we're kind of at the very end of our list. And so we've got a few things that we're working on this week, probably actually on Tuesday, the Arkansas Senate will take up a a bill concerning dairy farmers. Uh, It's a house bill that's passed the house gone through Senate ag committee will be on the Senate floor. This will allow the, Arkansas Milk Stabilization Board to uh, pass the rules to say that class one milk, uh, that farmers will be paid at the class one price. And so uh, it's going to be a big help for the dairy farmers of Arkansas. We know that's a struggling industry right now and they need all the help they can get. And so we, we're very appreciative of everyone supporting that so far it's been, it's gone through uh, without any opposition and we seem to have a lot of legislative support. So we think that's going to happen this week and hopefully go on to the governor to get signed. And the rest are really tax bills. Uh, right now we have some water conservation tax bill that we're trying to uh, change the how that's done. We're also looking at extending that program where a farmer has to get it done in three years, uh, making that five years, and that would probably incentivize more farmers to participate in that program for water conservation tax credits. And we have another bill that's uh, that's been filed and it's going to be heard this week in House Revenue and Tax Committee, and that's a credit for young farmers, you know, uh, to start in the process. You know, uh, we have a lot of farmers in Arkansas, and, and uh, unfortunately, a majority of them are over 55 years of age, and only about 19% are under the age of 44. So uh, we need to incentivize younger folks getting into farming. As we all know, farming is a very capital intense. Um, to get started, you have, have to have a lot of money up front. This would allow that an existing farmer to sell to and help and mentor younger farmers and get a tax credit out of that, out of that. So that would be an incentive for that existing farmer. It would also help that young farmer uh, to be able to get into to agriculture. And so some other states are doing this. Uh, we hope to uh, to get that started. Uh, that is uh, I'm trying to find it on my list here. It's House Bill seventeen seventy eight, and so it's going to be heard tomorrow in committee. Not sure uh, how that's going to work as far as going forward. There, there's been no decision on on any of the tax credit bills or the tax cut bills out there. And we're still several weeks away from that being finalized. That always happens at the end. So now we're looking at 
middle to late April before they make up their decision there. But uh, that's going to be an interesting one to watch, and we think that has a, a, real, uh, a lot of long-term benefits to help get younger far- farmers, younger folks into farming and, and ranching across the state. So those are a couple of the new ones that we're dealing with and, uh, and be working on uh, this week. And the rest of it's just to fight the fires and uh, make sure that we can land this plane. Well, our listeners can be certain we'll come back as we need to and keep them up to date on what's happening at the Capitol. And as always, Jeff, we appreciate you taking time to get everybody up to date so they know what's happening. Uh, Always uh, stay in touch with your legislators. Let them know how you feel on these issues. That makes a big difference down there at the Capitol. And uh, we appreciate you being with us once again. Thanks, Keith. That does it for another Arkansas AgCast. We'll be back next Thursday with more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.